So a pessimist of the intellect that says, okay, let's evaluate what could go wrong. How will we prepare for it? What is our plan B? So we're not naive or foolish. And we look at the data, what worked and what didn't. But optimism of the will. My God, we will drive forward. We will do this. And we will do this together. Welcome to How We Win, the official podcast of The Persistence. Voting in the midterms is over and we are still standing. While we still don't know all the results and control over the House and Senate hangs on a few outstanding races, this election was a clear repudiation of the MAGA Republicans. To help us put it all into perspective, we hear from someone who is the definition of persistence, organizing icon Heather Booth. I'm Steve Pearson, and this is How We Win. Hey, everybody, for our post-election show, unfortunately, Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona is on the plane on the way back from Texas, where she was there campaigning and um, had some mixed results there and some sad results with Beto. Greg Abbott is still governor. That's terrible. But let's talk about the the good stuff that happened in the election, the stuff that we know about. And I'm going to really be brief because uh, I want to just kick right to our incredible conversation with Heather Booth, organizing icon who... Uh, has just so much great perspective to share on this. But, uh, you know, the red wave uh, didn't happen. It was more like a um, a ketchup stain on the wall, a red shart, uh, a red puddle. I don't know. We haven't really settled in on, on what we're calling it. Um, I couldn't be more grateful to all of you for stepping up and knocking on doors and making calls and, and getting us to where we are right now. Uh, we don't know the full results yet. Uh, I, uh, it's, it's tenuous. I always thought uh, holding on to the House would come down to one or two seats. It's going to be really, really close. And um, sadly, we won't get satisfaction on that. We won't have an answer for a while yet. Um, uh, I, even here in my state of California, it takes quite some time to count all of those ballots that come in on election day. So probably looking at like a week or so before we know uh, fully who has control over the House. And um, hopefully we'll know sooner than that on the Senate. But um, the Senate is looking promising. I, you know, I, I feel like we will hold on to the Senate. We do have some work to do in Georgia. Yet again, another Warnock runoff that we are going to throw ourselves right into. But that's for our to-do list. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, whatever the results are, this was a clear repudiation of the MAGA Republicans. Um, Biden had the best midterm performance since Kennedy. And this country, uh, its voters, its citizens are not standing for election deniers. They're uh, standing up for uh, women's autonomy. And they uh, they showed up and made their voices heard. It was... Uh, Remarkable, and I'm still trying to 
put it all into perspective and let it sink in right now. Um, again, won't be satisfied till we we know uh, what's going to happen with the House and the Senate for sure. But um, it's looking very, very promising. Everyone should feel really proud of the work that they've done. Um, you know, not for nothing, it's important to recognize how this election would have been different if we'd passed the Freedom to Vote Act, the John Lewis Act. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for the gerrymandering, this would have been a very different result. We had so much to overcome. The MAGA election overthrowers are already at it in Arizona. We really need uh as a community to amplify the count every vote hashtag and uh, and make sure that we know that it takes a while to count all these votes and it's hard to be patient we all want to know the result i certainly do but it's going to take a while to count all these votes this is the normal process we need to be the election protectors and um, make sure we count every vote so uh, let's do that. Let's amplify that message and uh, and be patient and know that this is a normal process and the big liars are going to keep lying, but we have to push back. We can't be passive about it. All right, let's jump right to this week's Hero of the Week. Who did you think the Hero of the Week was going to be? It's all of you, of course. You are all heroes. I already talked about it, but I am so, so, so proud uh, and humbled by the volunteer enthusiasm and that, that came out here for this election. And uh, the money that we raised for the How We Win Fund was also really humbling. I'm so grateful to everyone who donated. Um, our final tally uh, was $228,000 raised from 300, uh, sorry, 3,387 individual contributions. That's just astounding. It w blows away my uh, kind of silent goal was for 100,000 and we did 228, nearly $230,000. Incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But mostly thank you for stepping up and being heroes in your own communities, going to swing districts, uh, making phone calls, writing those letters. That is what made the difference. We win when we all get involved. And that goes right into this week's to-do list because, uh, you know, we warned you uh, last week that you wouldn't be able to take a nap right after this election because we do want to make sure that we get every vote counted. We want to protect our elections. There are ballot curing uh, phone banks and opportunities, especially in Nevada and Arizona right now. So um, check those out. In fact, I will put uh, a ballot curing phone bank into the show notes for you. Um, and of course, we have runoff fun in Georgia. We just can't stop working on these elections because they are so much fun. And, um, and we're going to be back in Georgia making sure we send uh, Reverend Warnock back to the Senate. So look out for opportunities to get involved there. The, uh, you, in Georgia, you can request a ballot now. Like they just made that available today uh, for this election. So it's time to start reaching out to voters. That's going to happen really fast. All right. Before we go to the interview with Heather, I just want to share my reason for hope. And it's 
hokey because it's the one that most people go to and I've probably used it too much myself, but it really is young people and young voters. Young voters, voters under 30, showed up in historic numbers for this election. If it wasn't for the young voters, if it wasn't for Gen Z, then uh, we wouldn't have won this election. And there's no doubt about it. They're the ones that, that brought this home for us in all these key races. They're the ones that keep us competitive uh, for the House and the Senate right now. So if you know a young voter, thank them. Uh, I send a thank you text to my daughter. Um, I'm also really proud of, obviously, women have been running the show. Women have been saving us. Women have been volunteering, running phone banks and doing all that. There's guys doing it too. Not trying to dump on the dudes, but women have really been driving this. So I'm grateful to all of you women who have been dedicating yourselves to this uh, and to the, the guys who are supporting. Supporting that, I was really worried because I saw so much enthusiasm and engagement from young people that we wouldn't follow through on our end of the bargain and show up and vote. Uh, us older people. I'm going to say older than 30. Uh, I won't say more than that. And what would it do to those young people, if, especially first-time voters voting for, in their very first election, uh, if we felt short, fell short of supporting them? Uh, would, would they be dis, you know, disenchanted? Would they show up and vote again? Would they stay engaged? Uh, or would they just feel despondent and feel like their vote didn't matter? So um, I am so hopeful that that didn't happen. It brings me so much hope that we have been able to support each other, this great coalition. Heather Booth talks about it in much better terms than I can. And um, I'm just full of hope right now, uh, and fingers crossed. I still have some anxiety, <laughs> but uh, action is the best antidote for anxiety, right? So we'll keep working. And in the meantime, uh, let's hear from someone who knows uh, what the long arc of organizing looks like, the incredible Heather Booth. Heather Booth is one of the country's leading campaign and issue-based strategists. She started organizing in the civil rights, anti-Vietnam War, and women's movement of the 1960s. She started Jane, an underground abortion service in 1965 before Roe. There is a new HBO documentary about this called The Janes, and there's a new Hollywood film version of the story called Called Jane. Uh, Heather is also the founding director and is now president of the Midwest Academy, training social change leaders and organizers. She directed progressive and seniors outreach for the Biden-Harris campaign. There's even a film about her life in organizing available now on Amazon called Heather Booth, Changing the World. She's literally organizing royalty. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show right now. Heather, thank you for being here. Well, thank thank you for having me. and. And even more, thank you for having a podcast that shares the message about how we can make change, how we can win, how we can move forward in this world when we're all together. In particular, I want to thank the people who are listening in, especially this day after really a historic election in which the people who are listening in, because you're not just listeners, my understanding is that you are also the activists, the organizers, the doers, the social 
media people, the cultural workers, the people who are helping to change and move history. And yesterday, we prevented that red wave that mm. the pundits had predicted yep. and that typically happened in a midterm election. And we prevented that because we organized and took action together, even though we have a long way to go. <laughs> so thanks for having me on. Oh my gosh, thank you for saying all of that. I, I love our listeners because I know that they are so active and they are volunteers and activists and I'm so grateful for them. And um, of course, I wanna talk about the midterms with you, but before we jump into that, I wanna get a little bit of historical context from you. Um, Dolores Huerta told me that young people often uh, say to her that they wish they'd been around in the 60s for the fight for civil rights. And her answer is that we're in that fight right now. Um, you've been leading these fights your entire career. How does the work that we are doing right now compare to the organizing that you did when you first started? To start for where we are now and then go back, there is more organizing going on now with more variety, as much or more inventiveness, more connectedness than there ever has been in the last 50 years. There are more communities, Black, Latino, and all varieties of uh, Spanish-speaking populations. Uh, there's urban, there's rural, there's cities, there's states, there's national. It's environmental, it's youth organizing, it's senior organizing, partly because all of our issues are at stake. And we've also found ways that we need each other. And we are all connected through Black Lives Matter, through the Women's March, through the Fight for 15, through the rise in labor organizing that we see now. And then coming together, as we just saw now in this election, for all of our diversity, we came together to fight this MAGA Trump opposition that's trying to destroy the progress we have made over the last 50 years and undermine what democracy we have even as we have much further to go. So my first reaction is, I of course agree with Dolores Huerta, <laughs> a great, great leader and wonderful sister in the movement. Yeah. Uh, this is the exciting time and this is the time where people are needed to do the work and carry it forward. If you want, I can also tell you a little about the organizing I did in the 60s yeah. and how it compares. But yeah, please. I came into this work through the civil rights movement. In 1960, I was in support of the sit-ins at Woolworths uh, where African-Americans weren't allowed to sit at the lunch counters in the South. And moved from there to further involvement with the Freedom Summer Project in 1964 in Mississippi, where Northern students were recruited to shine, help shine a spotlight on what was happening in the South, where there was white supremacist uh, terrorism, uh, murderous terrorism, against African-Americans who courageously were trying to lead decent lives as well as just even register to vote. And the summer project of 1964 gained visibility 
particularly when three of the young volunteers, Andrew Goodman, James Cheney, and Michael Schwerner, were killed at the hands of the Klan. But because we organized, within a year we had a Voting Rights Act. And the key lesson I learned then is that when you organize, you make change, but you need to organize, you need to do the work. You need to listen to people, relate to people, and stand up to illegitimate authority. In the civil rights movement, people sometimes said to each other, are you willing to die for freedom? And though I very much wanted to live, I was willing to take the risk if that's what was needed at the moment. Hmm. But now the real issue is, are you willing to live for freedom? Are you willing to do the work every day when it's too hot or too cold or you're <laughs> too tired or it's too boring? You've already made the phone calls. You've already sent the text. It was raining. Work. It was raining here in Southern California yesterday on Election Day. So that was tough. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> so the real issue now, in a way that continues the work, is we still need to organize, to connect with people, pull them together, share the messages, hear their stories, move together to change the world. Yeah. And the in these change times, we need to continue to do that work with a hope and a belief is that if we stay together and build what in SNCC we called the beloved community. Mm, yeah. So I say we need to organize with love at the center. Well, I mean, you have this infectious ability to be hopeful and you're filled with energy. Uh, having done this for so long, I don't know how you keep going. Um, you know, really... Uh, you know, I, I get tired and want to nap, but we can't do that yet. Not yet. We have a lot to talk about. And uh, napping is for, I guess, after the holidays at this point. But um, let's talk about the midterms. I mean, there's always wins and losses. And these races, as, as we're looking at them now, um, are still painfully close. We won't have full results for, um, you know, it sounds like another week or so, really. But um, how are you feeling the day after the election? I am so impressed by what people who organized and took action, what we did together. We, all the pundits were predicting a red wave. Right. Every historic uh, sample since the years of FDR, except for <laughs> 2001, except for um, uh, after 9-11. Uh -huh. uh, right. There's been a, a loss a significant loss, a, a wave for the other party, uh, whoever's been uh, in, holds the presidency. Right. And there was not the red wave because people organized, because we took action together. So we proved the pundits wrong. And the big loser really is Donald Trump <laughs> and the extreme MAGA can right you say that? Can you say that again? I just like the way that sounds. <laughs> the extreme loser last night was Donald Trump <laughs> right. and the extremist MAGA right wing. Mm -hmm. 
And that's because the voters, the people, we did the work. We are the majority in the country. And we were convinced to turn out against this threat to our lives and for building a more caring society. Now, we still do face serious threat. Right. I still think we are on a knife's edge yeah. between democracy and tyranny. And we know in the past that often fascist and dictatorial regimes come into power through democratic means because people either, either we're fighting with each other and so we don't realize who the main enemy is or people don't think that it will matter so we don't come out or we haven't connected with people in their own lives. But when we organize, we have changed the world and we can change the world and we need to. So we are right now still on a knife's edge between democracy and tyranny and the struggle continues. And maybe the most important lesson we need to learn is that we are really in this together. We do have many differences amongst us between uh, the different issues we work on, the different communities we're in, uh, the different parts of the country, men and women, black, white, Latino, Asian American, and other Native American. We have different priorities, but we are fundamentally in it together and we need to stay together as a community fighting the real enemies of democracy, freedom, and a more caring society as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I feel the same thing. I mean, uh, whether or not we manage to hold on to the House, this election just feels like a repudiation of the fascism that MAGA Republicans have, have been working off of in these last few years and the political violence, the insurrection, you know, um, it really makes me feel good about where we're heading as a nation. And I also agree um, organizing is central to this. And in the uh, short time that I've been uh, working as an organizer, um, I feel like we have in recent years made great strides in working together, bridging through those silos that you were mentioning. You know, uh, for a long time, we organize in our own silos and we don't coordinate together. And, and um, I've seen a lot more of that coordination happening uh, in this election and, and in the last one too. Um, you literally created a blueprint for organizing. You started the Midwest Academy to train and groom progressive organizers. Can, uh, can we Get a little bit in the weeds in organizing and and debrief on what worked well in this election. I know it varies from state to state, um, but what did we do right that we need to keep leaning into? Um, and what what were our, our mistakes, if you saw any? We did a number of things that really were right, and we do need to claim them. One is that we did stay together for yeah. all our differences all the different areas that we worked on, all the different things we saw as priorities, some on social media. The social media effort was just extraordinary. The um, yeah, the door-to-door -door effort, Unite Here went door-to-door, -door, Working America, uh, Turnout Project, the, the number of groups that did remarkable work, the grassroots organizations, state by state. So the most important thing, I think, is that people did stay together 
and realized we needed to move in a shared direction. The second thing is we each did the area that was our strength and that was also needed and treated it as a compliment. Hmm. So the direct in-person organizing, which I think is irreplaceable and essential, and we probably don't do enough of it. Mm-hmm. Field work, you mean? Uh, and the field work. Yeah. But we combined it with the social media, and the two together were particularly important. So being together overall, doing the organizing, having a shared message that was tested, and ways we talked about the issue. So to talk about January 6th as people who knew they lost the election and so promoted a violent attack on the people of this country, right? not just on the Capitol, and continued to have that attack. Or on reproductive freedom, talking about the most intimate freedom in a person's life, about when or whether or with whom we have a child. So it's being together, it's doing the organizing, it's having a shared message that we know is tested out and is effective. And then ensuring that there's a mechanism for getting out that message and connecting with people. And then there are a number of things we'll still need to learn, and things that, that didn't go so well. And we'll have to wait until we see the results to be sure what they are. <laughs> In part, right. it's more and earlier and consistent, not just around the election. Yes, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. 24-7 and 365, mm-hmm. that it's, um, we don't come to someone's door just before the election and say, will you vote? We engage people. What do they care about? What are their needs? How can we work together to solve our collective problems? And that needs to go on on an ongoing basis. I think there's some communities we haven't paid enough attention to, perhaps many communities. Broadly, I think we need to speak about the problems of the working people in this country and what it means when people have tried to do the right thing their whole life and just feel they're getting left behind and we're not keeping up. One of the remarkable things about the Biden administration is it has delivered so many things for people. You know, uh, insulin is now at $35 a month rather than $600 a month. That senior citizens will pay no more than $2,000 out of pocket because we can now negotiate, Medicare will negotiate on prices. Um, So we'll keep down prices. There is the reduction in student loan debt. Mm -hmm. There are many victories, but many people hadn't heard about them. And so we both need to promote those programs that improve lives and ensure that we have the systems for engaging people to let people know about what's going on. There are also some communities that haven't been engaged as fully, probably many communities, but we've seen some changes in the Latino vote. We need to be engaged 
in yeah. bilingual ways and and mostly consistent ways. You know, the right wing, the Koch brothers sponsor a group called Libre. And it's a 24-7 group. Yeah. It's based in a community organization, helping people in their in Latino communities. There are groups that do the same thing. And we need to expand that. Same with the African-American communities, not just coming, asking for a vote, but engaging people in their ongoing lives. And then the working people of this country, people who maybe used to be in a factory town, as Mike Lux describes it, but the factory where they made $50 or more an hour is closed. Maybe now they're a greeter at Walmart. They can't really keep their life together with that. So we need to speak to all communities and we need to realize that social and economic and environmental issues all matter about our future. It was particularly interesting to me that inflation and abortion were the two highest issues. And there was at different points, some people said, oh no, it's just one. Oh no, it's just the other. <laughs> right. It's, it's both and more. And also a general struggle against this vicious MAGA attack on our freedoms. Yeah. So in lessons to learn, there's, we'll have to look at the data, see what really was happening. Yeah, But I think it is committing to an ongoing organizing for a wide variety of communities and continuing that on a year-round basis. I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, that's um, – I, I think that's key. I don't know why it's something that uh, – we struggle with. Um, there is such a feeling uh, amongst communities of campaigns just swooping in, you know, asking for their vote and then leaving. And there's also, you know, spectacular community-based organizations that are doing that work year-round um, that we should be supporting year-round and and lifting up their work too. So I, I could not agree more. Um, as I mentioned, we can't take a nap just yet. And you talked about the, um, you know, those that are trying to overthrow the election with, you know, baseless claims. Uh, these MAGA Republicans are doing it right now with the, especially we see in Arizona and the results here. So um, we've got to be election protectors there. We've got a Senate runoff to win in Georgia now as well. Um What's, in your experience, the best thing for our volunteers to to do right now to both sustain their own sanity? <laughs> um, you seem to have endless energy and enthusiasm for this work, but uh, you know some of us get a little tired. I don't know why you don't. Oh, but... <laughs> I certainly, <laughs> I certainly get tired. Uh, napping may be my favorite activity. That oh I, like, yeah, I most look forward to. Me too. Um, though I also love this work. Yeah, I can um, tell. So how so how do we maintain our, our sanity and, and keep doing this work in front of us? Well, short term, there is work right ahead of us. They'll be counting every vote. We have to call to count every vote. Mm -hmm. Even those that have come in uh, that were early votes that will be counted in some places by hand. So will be counted and come in later. 
but even though they arrived on time. Right. In Georgia, they will be, uh, it looks like there will be a runoff, in which case people are needed in Georgia. The calls are needed. The door-to-door is needed. The, uh, the texts are needed. And it's needed in all the languages of the communities and all the communities, right. Uh, right. as we know. And the same in Arizona and every place where the elections are still contested. So the work is still needed. And then we have to learn from what happened and build for the future. But I do want to come back to napping. We do need <laughs> to take care of ourselves. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> um, I, a long time ago, I decided that I wanted to be a long-distance runner in the movement. That mm. this wasn't just going to be for an election season or a summer or a winter or a season at all. But I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. I started when I was a young teenager, an early teen. I'll be 77 in December. I've done this on and off for my whole life. And I love this work. But it's also because I do the things that give me joy. I have family and uh, wonderful children who also share these values. I have five grandchildren. I have remarkable friends. They keep me going. Hopefully I help keep them going. Hmm. And then also I find things that give me joy outside of the work. I'm in two book clubs and three theater groups. So I get a chance to be out with friends at different times, take vacations, take time off. Mm -hmm. And I also try and see that we run our organizations with humane values internally that we have paid sick leave and we have family care and we have health care. And we support the people who work for us, even when we're not very well-funded organizations. But it matters that we take care of each other and we treat each other with love at the center. Love if that. we want to do this for the rest of our lives. That's spectacular advice. I love that so much. Um, you've pretty much outlined a lot of this uh, in our entire conversation, but I want to ask you the last question that we ask all of our guests, and that is, what gives you the most hope right now? First of all, as an attitude, I have the perspective, I actually have a quote on my desk from an Antonio Gramsci, who was arrested by the fascists in World War II and from prison. He wrote that a, something we should have is pessimism of the intellect and optimism of the will. Hmm. So a pessimism of the intellect that says, okay, let's evaluate what could go wrong. How will we prepare for it? What is our plan B? So we're not naive or foolish. And we look at the data, what worked and what didn't. But optimism of the will. My God, we will drive forward. We will do this. And we will do this together. Alone, I often feel confused and frightened and not clear I can go on or not knowing exactly what to do. But together, I find we do figure out a way forward. And when we work together, when we organize, we have changed this world 
And when we organize now, we will change this world for the better. Well, that gives me a lot of hope. And I'm so grateful that you have, uh, that you shared. I know how busy you are right now that you shared some of your time. Uh, I, I cannot think of a better person to talk to post this election. And uh, uh, I'm just very grateful to you for your lifelong uh, dedication and service and perseverance. So Heather Booth, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is how we win. We win when we all get involved. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Please send us an email at hello at howwewinpod.com or tweet to us at howwewinpod. I'm at Blues Boy Steve and Jen is at Jen and Kona. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple wherever you get your pods. That helps us a lot and share our show with your friends and family. There continues to be work to do, so we will be back with some more next Wednesday.